Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the 1970. I'm your host, Ed, and today I'm going to be speaking with my co-host, Mark Damon, on a historical day in PSG history. Lionel Messi has officially arrived in Paris. We saw the photos, the ECC Paris shirt. We saw him kicking the ball in the Parc des Princes. He's got the number 30 shirt. This is real. It's actually happening. And I'm thrilled to talk about it. Mark, welcome into the show. How are you? What do you make of this crazy day? Uh, well, hello, Ed. It is quite the day indeed. Um, for us uh, New York-based PSG fans, it's certainly, uh, with Messi signing and the governor resigning, it's certainly uh, it's certainly an event-filled day. And I, I can't sort of wait to talk about this either because, you know, seeing is believing. I think that's the, the phrase that's always used, but I'm not still quite sure i believe what psg just pulled off even, even last night we were getting worried very <laughs> yeah i was gonna say even last night i was starting to get a little worried they said that barcelona was gonna mount a last minute attempt to keep him and like you said seeing is believing i didn't really believe it until i saw him holding up that shirt but it's gonna be a two-year deal with an option to extend until 2024 somewhere around 35 million a year net um, not bad money if you can get it. So I guess let's just start there on the deal itself. Good business from PSG? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It's it, it's amazing business. I mean, it's stupendous business because if you can get the best player of all time for 70% less than his previous contract, I mean, you kind of have to do it. Like that—that's less than Neymar's making, or around equal to what Neymar's making, and it's a little more than Kylian Mbappe's making. But it's not sort of blow the doors off kind of contract. Like the fact that you didn't have to pay the transfer fee, and you only have to pay him about thirty-five, and that's with the bonuses included. So if something, you know, if you were to get injured or something, you probably wouldn't even have to pay that much. It's an insane contract. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you couldn't even... I, I think that's sort of the... That, that was almost sort of the easy part, if that if that makes sense. Because... And we'll, we'll get into this, but it, the way this sort of just fell into PSG's lap was... I, I said it on Saturday, I think, when we did the... We did the breaking news when he left Barcelona. The serendipity of all of this is just, it's just crazy. Like, the, the, you can't write this. This wasn't a plan. This is just something coming together in the perfect way. Yeah, and um, we've got a podcast with Jonathan Johnson, uh, not quite out yet, but I interviewed him right before you, and, and he said that, you know, this is something that's been in the works. Nasser's been hinting at it over the years. I mean, it's something I think PSG's always dreamed of, but who the hell would have ever imagined that Barcelona would have mismanaged their finances so spectacularly that they couldn't even afford Messi if he took a 50% pay cut. That is how bad the situation at Barcelona is right now. And Messi had no choice but to leave. And then he chooses PSG. People will say, oh, he's coming for the money. It's $35 million. Rest assured, there are several other teams that could have afforded Messi. He chose to come to Paris because Paris has built the best team. His friends are here, compatriots, uh, Pochettino. This is the perfect situation. He chose to come to Paris. It is not simply about money. Wouldn't you agree to that? 
Yeah, and I agree to all that for the most part. I, I think we have to sort of, and there's going to be plenty of time to talk about where he fits in the team and all how all that's going to work. And I, I feel like this is sort of the time to just look at this from a sort of 10,000 feet perspective. And I think what today was more than anything else is sort of that final um, exclamation point on the last sort of 10 years of PSG building a new brand of football, sort of being on the vanguard of what football would become in the 21st century and riding that wave all the way to this point and PSG's philosophical and Qatar's, QSI's philosophical view of how football would go, sort of the future of the sport, winning out definitively, unequivocally against Barcelona's view of what the sport is and what the sport was. If, you know, if PSG and Barcelona were at some sort of war, and I think more than they were at war on the field i think they were at war philosophically as to what football would become and psg won the war totally completely and without any sort of caveat and you look at where the sport is now and psg are on the precipice of being the team of the next decade and a half maybe two decades like this is the future of the sport and psg have found it and they've capitalized on it and with how badly barcelona managed the situation and how badly they fought the war quote unquote you saw sort of the end of it in this sort of one in a million situation where Barcelona took having the best player in the world and somehow turned it into a huge disadvantage, almost a crutch, that almost this sort of insatiable beast that they had to keep feeding with bad contracts after bad contracts after mediocre player after sorry mediocre player. So bad. And it, it built to this point where PSG were just sort of humming along with a really good transfer window where they'd gotten really solid pieces and players like Hakimi and Donnarumma were theoretically going to be on this roster for 10 plus years. And they really didn't have to break the bank for anybody. I mean, 60 plus for Hakimi, the way Hakimi looks is sort of a steal. And this was not the plan because i think everyone just sort of assumed that barcelona and la liga would figure out a way to register Lionel messi i think they figured that yeah it looks bad the con the, the financial situation looks pretty bad but they'll figure it out right you assume that you know somehow barcelona had a new president that there would be some competent leadership and that somehow that those two parties would get the, the job done. And the reality was different. The ship 
they couldn't fix the ship. They couldn't write it. Even though they got rid of the, the old president that Messi was ready to leave because of, they just they couldn't fix it. And here's PSG sitting here with a lot of his friends on the team that they uh, a lot of friends on the team with enough money to make it sort of work and the wherewithal and sort of the background work of having talked to Messi's camp over the years having that relationship to sort of seamlessly pull this off and to go all right if Messi can't play at Barcelona he's got to go somewhere he's not just going to retire He's not just going to go off to Argentina. He still has a few good years left. So, you know, once Manchester City paid a 100 million euro transfer fee for Jack Grealish, of all people, PSG were really the only logical team left. And for Messi, it made sense. For PSG, it made sense. And that's how you get the biggest transfer of all time basically for free by accident but let, let's not i mean he he psg built a team we had the best situation it wasn't just because of money and i see so many people out there oh the oil oil blah, all this nonsense psg put themselves in a position to be able to have a player like messi by signing neymar and mbappe and Verratti and marquinhos and all these great world-class players it wasn't only about the money. I mean, Messi Correct. probably could have, he could have went anywhere. And someone, I mean, when you look at the money that they're spending, 35 with bonuses, so that's what, over two years, 70 million. I mean, PSG sold out of shirts on their site. I don't know what percentage of, of shirt sales they get. It's probably small, but you sell that many shirts, it adds up. Think about all the commercial opportunities coming in. I mean, this, it might even just net out. I mean, if depending on what commercial opportunities come in, no, it, it's it's gonna this is gonna this is gonna pay for itself about five to ten times. But, but why is PSG the only ones who can figure this out? I mean, are other clubs really I'll, that stupid? I will tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly why. Because as I was saying in sort of my intro here, PSG and QSI have a philosophy, and I didn't really explain what that was. I've sort of explained it over the years in bits and pieces, but. you know, the sort of the short version to sort of, you know, catch people up to speed, PSG is not just about winning football matches. That's not the only goal. It's one of the goals, but PSG is more than a ball club trying to win ball games. It's, you know, it's... Nick Saban over here. it's It's a sporting project. It's sort of a cultural, uh, it's a cultural project. It's a social project. It's an economic project. They treat football like a business. They don't run it like a football club. They run it like a business, meaning they max out their advertising potential. They make generally smart business decisions of all the teams that are in the financial hole because of the pandemic, PSG are at a loss, but they're not nearly where these other clubs are. They're in much better financial shape. And with Messi, they're going to probably be able to recover faster because they don't look at this as just about winning. 
And that's what I've been trying to say for five years now. If I've you know said nothing in the four or five years I've been here, it's this is more than just about winning ball games. This is more than just about winning trophies. The Champions League is a goal, but it is not the end goal. It is not the final goal. The final goal is to create a football club that as a cultural brand is on par with the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Dallas Cowboys. That's what this is about. And that's the goal. And that's why when they signed Neymar, you know, four years ago, I I kept saying, this isn't just about winning matches. It's not just about, you know, how, you know, it's not just about the Champions League. It's about building the foundations so that you can continue to grow so that other players would want to come. Neymar was the first. He wasn't the last. More good players wanting to come. You can think Ibrahimovic was probably the first. To come to PSG. And that's why you sign Gianluigi Buffon. That's why you sign Sergio Ramos. It's not just they help you on the field, but that's not the ultimate goal here. Because now, look at where PSG are. They're going to have, arguably, if Kylian Mbappe extends, which I fully expect him to after this, at least for a couple more years. I mean, who wouldn't want to ride this gravy train? Exactly. You're going to have the Qatar World Cup in 2022, and the three top players in it are going to be on the same are going to be from the same team. Now, that kind of forethought and that kind of overarching vision separates PSG. City is kind of similar to this, but it separates PSG from a club like Barcelona, who throw money at people for the sole purpose of winning. And those, you know, giving Antoine Griezmann $40 million a year doesn't benefit you commercially in any way. You don't get any more money from that. You don't get any sponsorship. You don't get any better media. Signing Dembele and, and Coutinho and Malcolm and all these people that they um, tried GD. to pull out. Remember, when the, none of these signings that you're trying to desperately pump into the club to win ball games. I keep saying that, but it's such a, it's 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 such a myopic view of it that's where you get to be 600 million euros 800 million euros almost a billion in the hole that's how when you spend money on guys who can't benefit the club outside of just what they do inside the lines and yeah and, and that's where i i i i say like this this is psg winning the philosophical battle and war of what football is. And it's like, and I'll say this, Chelsea won the Champions League this year. Big deal. Nobody's going to remember that in four weeks. Seriously, the fans, I'm being honest about this. And this might get me some backlash. Uh -oh. if you've never heard Here come the before, Chelsea fans. If you've never, no, just if you ever heard me before, I, this, is, this is not one of my more controversial takes. But, you know, if PSG win the champion, it's going to mean more if PSG win a Champions League with, a super team with billions of people watching as opposed to sort of a team of nobodies in Chelsea who sort of luck their way into the Champions League 
that no one besides their fan base is going to remember a year from now. I'm sorry. These things are not equal. You, you, can, you can win the Champions League, which is all great, or you can assemble the best team of all time and win the Champions League. Which one would you rather do? For, yeah. the, for the great you know, breadth of history, who's going to be remembered? It's not going to be Chelsea. It's not going to be, you know, Liverpool winning it a couple years ago. It's just, it's, those, it doesn't mean as much. PSG have built a situation where it's almost like they're going to have so much immense pressure on them, but the reward is massive. The risk is massive, but so is the reward. And that's what PSG represent to me, which is the the risk and reward that high level top athletes thrive in that they want they want high stakes they want pressure and you put that trident together and they're going to have more pressure on them to win every game than anyone in history and you know what i think those three are going to thrive in that and that for me sort of is the is the fun part and we'll have plenty of time to go through that but this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of good times, and I, I think you're going to see PSG be put into even more of a higher stratosphere than it is now, and that's that's pretty cool for people who have sort of been on the ground floor of this. People who have been, you know following this club since the 70s and the 80s and the 90s like it's a it's a reward for years of following this club pain heartache triumph tragedy all that so i i'm i'm i i think this is it's it is it's exceptional Absolutely. A lot of good points in there. And I think you're right. I mean, I think if, if PSG were just trying to win ball games, I think uh, they probably wouldn't have signed Messi. They would have probably taken that $35 million and maybe that gets you a, a really, really good left back, which PSG def- definitely need, even at this point. But you bring Messi in, this the commercial upside. You're on the global stage. Everyone's paying attention to you. We've seen an uh, increase of Twitter followers PSG, the clubs had a million new followers. You know, he leaves Barcelona and their valuation goes down a hundred million. PSG signed Messi. Yes, he's a fantastic world-class player, but he also brings something else. And like you said, when you sign Griezmann, if he doesn't work out on the pitch, what else is he doing for you? He's not making you any richer. He's doing nothing. And PSG are signing these players that they can perform on the pitch and off the pitch for them. And I think you're, you're spot on there by, by mentioning that, that PSG are just playing a different level of, of business here than everybody else. And, and it's easy for the media to complain, oh, they're just, you know, oil club, they're skirting the rules and this and that. It's like, no, they're smarter than your club. And yeah, they do have money, but they know how to use it smartly. Barcelona is not a poor club by any means. And look what they've done. They have a bunch yeah, look, of idiots Barcelona running the club. Barcelona could have avoided this. They could have. Barcelona had every opportunity to avoid this. Like this, this wasn't supposed to happen. I keep saying that this wasn't supposed to happen. You know, Barcelona, if they had even run their club badly, they would have been able to keep him. But they didn't just run their club badly; they ran their club into the fucking ground. This is like Lehman Brothers level of mismanagement. It's, it's 
it, it was a it was catastrophe. Awful. I mean, and they and he was still because Lionel Messi is the kind of person who's loyal like this. He was still going to stay in that dumpster fire of a club. I mean, when we when I, well, when I I don't know if I was the one that started this, but I'm sure people concurrently came up with the same idea. But when I you know try to start the hashtag broke Barca. I was doing it kind of as a joke, but it was reality. <laughs> they don't have any money. And it's like, whose fault is that? That's not PSG's fault. PSG gave them 222 million euros for Neymar. No. We gave we contributed a quarter billion dollars to the Barcelona charity fund. The go go and, fund know, me they, page. They, 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 they burn that money in a pit somewhere. And, and that's where... What is PSG supposed to do about this? We're not the bad guys here. We didn't, we didn't steal him. We didn't tap him up or you know have him you know absolutely not threaten to not go to training like Barcelona did with Usman Dembele and Philippe Coutinho. Mm -hmm. We were just sitting here minding our own business. You all screwed up, and Lionel Messi fell into our laps. And you know what? We're not going to say no to that. And nor should anyone apologize for that. And you know what else we're not going to do? We're also not going to mind Barcelona fans' feelings. I've gotten a lot about that when I'm like making fun of how broke they are. Like when they took down the mural and I'm like, they can't even afford to put up a new mural. Like you get no sympathy at all. The way that your club and your fans have behaved towards PSG and every other fan and the way that your club goes about its transfer business, you get no sympathy. You're getting exactly what you deserve. And I hope you finish mid-table or worse. Barcelona is an awful club and they're getting exactly what they deserve. Well, they weren't. They weren't awful. Then they became awful. Yeah, and they, became they became awful. awful because they became awful because they got arrogant and they got cocky and they thought that they could do whatever the hell they wanted. They could take whatever player they wanted. Everyone wanted to go to Barcelona in, in their own minds. And now look where they are. I mean, look at really where they are. And I feel like this should be the warning to all these other clubs like Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool and Juventus and Real Madrid, all these old money clubs, they need to step their game up. They need to stop complaining and figure out how to move the sport forward to not get left behind and to not become extinct like the dinosaurs that they are. And you saw this a little with the Super League. That was their attempt at it. The problem is they just screwed it up so badly in the messaging and the marketing that it immediately, you know, received a backlash. But this is this is what football is now. It's going to be about super clubs and super teams, and it's going to be this kind of sport. And it was going this way for the last 30, 40 years. PSG have just sort of taken that philosophy and just put it to the nth degree and have done it in sort of a smarter marketing sort of way and realize that, you know, the, the appeal of these super teams is in the sort of microwave era of highlights and fashion and Jordan brand and all that, all that sort of smart, um, all that sort of smart, forward-thinking business that 
other clubs had the opportunity to to do and didn't do. You know, Jordan Brand's a big part of this, and it, it it's pumped money in the club, and it's raised the profile, and it's sort of laid a lot of the. It's, it's sort of been a a, a real uh, selling point for what PSG are and what they want to be. And I, you know, keep saying being on the cutting edge and the zeitgeist on the on the vanguard of what sports are turning into. You know, PSG are smart about that. They're smarter than other clubs. They're farther along. They understand it more. The Qatari ownership and I'd say City are sort of in a similar way. They understand that this is what people in this is what people want to see. They want to see big names. They want to see big stars. They want to see, you know, great goals and great highlights. And they want to see greatness. I mean, you you know better than anyone being in New York with the Yankees. People don't like them because they buy the best players and they put out this incredible lineup. They spend like a billion dollars on players' salaries and everything. Um, so you, if you love the club, like we love PSG, it's great because you get to watch a fantastic product. And if you don't like PSG, it gives you someone to hate. It gives you someone at the top of the mountain to aim for. So I think just people think, oh, they're ruining the game. In fact, I think they're making the game even more interesting, in my opinion. But I, I think they, I think they are, and I think it's up to these other clubs to figure out how to push themselves, you know, out of the twentieth century. Because a lot of these clubs are still in the 20th century, in a way, especially in Spain. They're still, they feel like they're still in the early, mid-2000s. And you just, you have to find that way. And I think to sort of spin this into what, you know, what Messi to PSG really sort of means, you know, what it really means is that you have this cosmopolitan major city in the heart of Europe with the best player in the world now playing there with the best, you know, three, possibly three of the top five players in the world playing in Paris. Paris is a tourist city anyway. It always really, it has been for for maybe centuries, but now it's like, you go to Paris, you're gonna wanna see Messi. You're gonna wanna see those three play together. At the Parc des Princes, those tickets are going to be oh my gosh, <laughs> fucking impossible to get. And you know, if you're one of the ultras and you've you know, you have that spot reserved. I mean, you get you get lucky. But if you want to just like come to Paris and, and sit in the you see, sit at midfield, yeah, you're probably going to have to shell out like four to five hundred four to five hundred euros to, to get there. And the 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 TV rights that potentially League Gun can renegotiate, that steps, that puts it into play. Yep. Um, I think that Messi going on the road to the Velodrome and to Lyon and to uh, Monaco, maybe Monaco will actually sell out for once. They might actually have fans for once in a game. But think of think of all the, the little, even if Messi doesn't do all the little podunk towns in France, like you know, he shows up to, you know, if he shows up to Troyes, like how much extra are Troyes going to be able to charge? For Come a on, Troyes is nice. Come on, we well, guys, he can't no, he can't show up there. We've already played there. 
No, oh, but but you get what I mean. But yeah, he, I got you. He shows he's going to show up in these in these small towns. Claremont. You know, people are going to go. You know, come to see him, like they came to see Neymar at the beginning, and especially coming out of a pandemic where the demand to see football matches is going to be through the roof. Like you can't, you literally can't get better timing than this. It's everything falling into place to give you this sort of explosion that may will probably most likely happen here where PSG are going to become the biggest club in the world for however long this lasts, possibly further into it. But for the next two to three years, I'm assuming Killian's going to eat. I can't imagine. Why would he leave? He doesn't want to stay around for this ride. Because no. <laughs> this is going to be like, you know, this is going to be insane. And they're, the money that they're going to make and the the revenues and the, and the, the big matches and all that, I can't imagine he doesn't stay for a couple of years, but just, you know, for these two, three years, PSG are going to be the largest club on earth. And they're going to get all, you know, over in the United States here, you know, PSG are going to get all the big games. They're going to be, they're not going to, we're not going to have to, to watch, you know, some, you know, we're not going to have to, we're going to, it's going to be on all the major, all the major channels. They're going to be on, you know, they're going to be on Sports Center. They're going to be on the news. Like, you know, actual news outlets are going to, you're going to, you have it already. Those news outlets, messy signs for PSG. So, you know, <laughs> it, well, like I said with Neymar, yeah. this, this stuff pays for itself. It really does. If you do it right and they didn't commit long term, they didn't commit to a five year deal. They committed to a three, a two-year deal, which will pretty much end up being a three-year deal. Messi's gonna be, Messi's not gonna opt out of that because there's nobody that's gonna be able to pay him that kind of money when he's 37. You're you're gonna be able to um, set this, you know, it's like a, it is like setting this club up for life. It's like winning the lottery. Ishii won the football lottery. They really did, and now they 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 can. I, I think they're gonna win the champ. I I, I can't. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win a Champions League. Possibly I think Chelsea. Two. Chelsea is going to be the biggest contender. City, if they don't get a striker, if they don't get Harry Kane, I just for position by position, I, I don't know who is out there that can compete with this. Even if you say PSG are weak defensively, maybe at the left back position, the the attack is so insane that you almost teams will be afraid to really go forward because if they leave themselves exposed, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, my God, they'll score it well. Yeah, and and the, and the thing is, and it, 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 we'll not get too much into this, but the thi- the thing is, Messi fits perfectly. Yeah. What they what with he's exactly what they needed, in the sense that, and I and I'm I wrote an article about this that I'll I'll send you at some point, but yeah. um, I I said he has to be, you know, when Angel Di Maria is at his peak, and Angel Di Maria is rarely at his peak these days, but when Angel Di Maria is at his peak. Think about that, what he can do, and then add about like 50 to 75% better than that. More consistent. And that's what Messi would have to be. He doesn't even have to be the GOAT. He has to be 50 to 75% better than Angel Di Maria at his best. And that's scary because if he's even better than that, if he's still the GOAT, if he still has two more years of just unbelievable greatness left in him, it's ballgame. 
there's no shot. You have no shot at defending that. But even if he isn't, all he has to do is hold that right side down, come inside when Hakimi makes his runs, and just open the space for Neymar and Mbappe that's been missing over the last couple of years, the space that they can't get because teams just drop so deep and they, they don't respect the outside shooting. And you put Messi out there with his left foot. Oh, teams have to respect that. <laughs> they have to. It's 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 ball game, and it, it's just it's a it's a good it's not just a good marketing signing. It, well, it is, but it's a good football signing because now you don't have to put the pressure on Di Maria anymore. Di Maria can be a bench guy, which is what he is at this point in his career. With all the miles he's put on his body and the fact that he's not Lionel Messi. Playing Coupe de France matches, you know, play him in a league on match here or there. And and think of, you know, what it means for like Amaro Icardi. Icardi has to do nothing now. When he's playing out there, he just has to be in the, he just, he doesn't even have to make runs. He just literally just has to find space in the box and let Messi give him the ball. Which is what he's really good at. That's what he does. Yeah. Like in it, in it allows you to just those those are your five attack players and maybe you add a calamundo in there as a sixth you know it's just a, another guy to in case you really need a you know some cup matches here and there but good lord like that's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be unfair well for well, in certain games let let's wrap up this show on just a quick discussion about how PSG or how fans in the United States let's just focus on that um, how they can even watch Messi. So right now, B in Sports does hold the rights to League One, which is incredible <laughs> for them. Stroke I mean, of just what, brilliance. Because we, we were what talking luck. about it on a couple of shows ago, just like we're going through their programming, and now they get Messi. And I, I do want to say um, someone tweeted at Ray Hudson and says, well, we miss you on game day and, and talking about Messi. And then Ray Hudson responded, don't count your chickens, my friend. So maybe Ray Hudson coming back to be in sports, covering Ligon, talking about Messi, potentially. We'll have to see. I I, I actually think that's – I think the reason he left was obviously because they didn't have the La Liga rights. And what was he going to do, cover Ligon games? Well, now he has a perfect reason to come back. And – I, I would say for a year or two to, to you know finish out his career covering Messi, like it's it's un, it's underrated, and this is kind of a tangent, but it's, it's sort of underrated how Ray Hudson sort of what his influence is in in sort of American football, like just the idea of the way he called Messi matches. I think did it, it's underrated in how he his influence sort of as a sports broadcaster on how sort of. Pop, the popularity of the of the sport in this country, so I, I would like to see Ray Hudson back there. But now, if you're being sports, <laughs> you hit the lottery, and I think that now it makes it makes negotiations with Comcast maybe a little bit easier. So you get on their p- c- uh, cable package or whatever, it makes it easier to get on the, more streaming devices. That, no, but this is what they should do, and I don't know if yeah. they, if the capability is to do this, but it's like. Six ninety nine a month. Six, just buy us directly. Yeah, six ninety nine yeah. a month. Yeah. You get all the stuff. You get to watch Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe on the same team. Six ninety nine a month. That's what this is about. If they they can still be on, they can still be on streaming service. I don't know what their contracts look like, but they have to be able to monetize directly. 
their big one is Fubo yeah, TV yeah. Is, is what they're on. But if you want Fubo TV, what is it like 20, 30 bucks a month? And I, got, but and you, I have them on, I can, I can get them on my cable package and I get them on Sling. Okay. Yeah. So and Sling too. I don't even need Sling anymore because PSG are the only, they're going to be on the main channel all the time. But, but you're right. Like I don't want Sling and I don't want Fubo and get the whole thing of programming that they have. I just want, be in sports can be in take my money i want to just pay you can i just pay for your league on games and they should yeah, make that a possibility should, it should be and i again that the problem is i think i think they bet on the wrong horse i think they bet on being a cable package channel as opposed to being a streaming service mm -hmm. and when you bet on being a cable package channel i think there's certain contracts that you can't break so that's where I think being screwed up, if they can somehow pull themselves out of that and be able to charge people directly for their product, I think that's a way better yeah. situation, at least in the short term. I still think the long term of their, their I think their long term is still going to be rough. They got at least two more years. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. But they're going to, I mean, on think I want to just think about this on tomorrow. Um, for those of us on the East Coast, we actually would be able to wake up and watch the press conference if you want to wake up at five in the morning at it's 2 p.m. your time. I, I just I'll stay up. I, I've got some homework and work to do. So if I'll you stay, stay up, up and yeah. watch the press conference, <laughs> I'll just stay up. So it's going to be on at about five in the morning Eastern time um, here in the States. So I'll, I'm usually up around that time. So I'll wake up. I'll watch it. That should be pretty cool. And then Saturday, they're going to have the probably the, the unveiling in front of the, the park. That'll probably be on BN Sports before the actual game starts. So we still have, this is going to be a whole week of this. So just be ready for this. You're going to, you're, you're going to get, you're not going to get tired of it, but there's going to be no. a lot of coverage. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of interviews. There's going to be a lot. I, and I, 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 I shared this through, we got like a couple of minutes, but they shared this through the, through the uh, whatever, what do we use? What's our what's our like? It's not oh, Slack. Uh, uh, Discord. Discord. We yes. shared it through the Discord. They had that thing ten years ago when the Heat brought in LeBron, Bosh, and Wade, oh, yeah. and they had the big party right. with them coming out in the smoke. I remember. Like PSG should really think of doing that because that would be fun. Get like a band. Get like you know. Get the laser lights. And Namor's gonna be like, we're not gonna win league. one, not two, not three Champions League, not leagues. three, not four. <laughs> like they, they should. They, that would be pretty cool. I, I would. I would. I would very much enjoy that. Although I think, knowing how Neymar and Mbappe think, I think they know this is sort of Messi's moment. Yeah. So they're, yeah. You know, I think they're sort of keeping back a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I'd like to see those three together in a photo shoot or, or an event at some point, just to say to signify that you know this is this is what it is now. This is everyone's reality. I've already got it. Marketing team at PSG, just find some you know street um, pitch somewhere where you could go like and play like have those three like just kicking the ball somewhere in, in Paris, just outside away from the park, just something that gives it a little bit more authenticity and have those three out there playing with the people. I think that'd be so cool. If they could pull that off, um, but if well, that's not the case, we've got Strasbourg. Yeah, the world is PSG's oyster now. They could do anything. They can do, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> they they can present this however they like, and they have some pretty smart people over there in, oh, in yeah. the in their in their main marketing end. Yeah, 
and this would actually be another, and I'll, I'll make this pitch too, because I know um, some people maybe that are tied to the club sometimes listen to this. So I'll just say, get your North American uh, outreach together, you know, because we're here. You're going to have opportunities. Let's go. You're going to have opportunities. You're going to have big marketing opportunities, especially in the United States, where the Hispanic population is rising mm -hmm. fast. And you're going to have a, an ability to market Lionel Messi in the United States. So please, for the love of God, don't screw this up. Competent people yeah. that can come in and can hit the ground running do the watch parties. Mm -hmm. You know, they did that watch party a couple of years ago. I know the pandemic sort of uh, yeah. probably did a lot to stunt that. But once you kind of get out of that, try to build it up as quick as you can. Because yeah. it's going to be, you're going to have opportunities. And this is a real opportunity to, to just turn this, and, I, and I'll say this to close. It's an opportunity for PSG to do what they always dreamed of being, even when they built this club in the seventies, you know, they tried to sign Pele in the seventies after his time at Santos. So there's always been this ethos at the club to sort of be this bigger, you know, star machine and PSG have the opportunity of a lifetime to become the biggest club in the world. And, you know, if they do, we'll we'll remember the day they signed Neymar, and the day they signed Mbappe, and the day they signed Lionel Messi, and we'll look back at it and go, you know, 10, 15 years or so, when PSG are a consistently one of the best clubs in Europe, winning trophies, winning Champions Leagues, you know, having the revenue and being at the forefront of this sort of new, you know, this new era of of soccer and we'll say we were here for that it's an historical day everybody even your it's dog big, thinks so your dog's even excited he's, he's always excited <laughs> it's a it's a bit he's excited for anything it's a big deal folks this is a big deal it's don't, a big effing deal it's a big fucking deal <laughs> so be excited about it because you know it, things are going to change and probably for the better Things are changing. You mentioned reaching out to the American audience. Um, been in touch with PSG. I think on Thursday we might be able to do their uh, Twitch channel. Obviously, we were supposed to do it today, but that for obvious reasons got pushed back. So we're hoping to be on the official PSG Twitch channel on Thursday. But to your point, should do a lot more. Should do uh, watch parties. I know COVID makes that difficult. I think next summer, if they're not here in the United States doing some tour, I think that's a missed opportunity. So... Yeah, they, their marketing team's got to be ramping up overtime. Uh, speaking of overtime, we are over the allotment of time we wanted to do. We were going to do a quick podcast, but still managed to do about 40-some minutes here. So, Mark, thank you so much. Let the fine folks out there listening uh, know how they can find you on Twitter. Well, they can find me at MarkDamon9. Mm -hmm. um, I will try to tweet a little bit during the presser tomorrow, okay. um, just some initial impressions. And then Saturday, the you know the first game uh, – with Lionel Messi in the fold. So I don't think he'll play, obviously, but he'll be there. And 
I think probably Neymar will play, so that'll yeah. be fun. Um, it's gonna that that Paris crowd at hundred percent capacity uh, for the first time in a year and a half. That is gonna be if you have plans, you know, if you have a wedding to go to, or God forbid, a funeral or something, you may want to switch around the plans. <laughs> switch around the plans a little bit it's gonna be special we remember what was it last march you know and we played your kids birthday party (laughs) whatever whatever you need to do be in front of a television for that yes because that's gonna i remember when the neymar when they did the Mm -hmm. neymar one how special that was this is going to be that times about 10. so just be ready because it's going to be a special day on saturday and the ultras will definitely be ready. Um, we were. I was just saying that back last March when PSG played Dortmund at the park, it was right at the outset of the uh, uh, COVID outbreak, and they had the fans outside the stadium, and just how incredible that was. If people think PSG is a plastic club, that's not the case. If you're new to following PSG, if you're new to listening to this podcast, tune in. The ultras are some of the best fans in all of Europe. It, it's just it's going to be a spectacle. So just make sure you tune in. Uh, for that unveiling. It's going to be special. And for the first game at home against Strasbourg on August 14th. Um, as always, you can find me, Ed. Uh, my Twitter handle is at PSG Talk. Make sure you follow me there. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on pretty much every major provider. And uh, we'll be doing a lot more of these throughout the season. That's for sure as we chronicle Messi at PSG. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Au revoir for now.